Hey, this is OG Willikers back in the rah-rah room, episode 17. This week I've got Mark J. Ortiz, a.k.a. Circumference360. He's currently a member of the Boom Roots Collective here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mark and I go back a few years playing shows together and working on tracks. We're going to take a trip down memory lane and he's going to tell us what the scene was like back in the day. But first, we're going to check out his latest single, Perception. Perception. Directions of our focus, not knowing if what is showing is straight up focus. Perception. Yours different from mine, not knowing what is showing could be making us blind. Perception. Reflections of our past, to live in the now is the moment to grasp. Perception. I suggest only in death, every question will be answered when we have nothing left. Feast to fan, and on the streets we land, they split beats like atoms with the spiritual cannon. Unique pattern, sheep creep like phantoms, discreetly random, universal anthem. All matter, you call it debris. All energy inside you and me. We rotate the sun, then life becomes the same microscopic cells in everyone. It's a scary thing to know everything. It's the same irrigation to every spring. Aquifer, creek, river, and stream. Eventually arrives at the ocean of dreams. Also known as the universe. From beginning to end, transcend as a universe. To experience your identity. Cosmic connection to all shapes and symmetry. Perception. Directions of our focus. Not knowing if what is showing is straight up focus. Perception. Yours different from mine. Not knowing what is showing could be making us blind. Perception. Reflections of our past. To live in the now is the moment to grasp. Perception. I suggest only in death, every question will be answered when we have nothing left. The title circumference, my artistic identity, is not just a label, it enables my pedigree. Through the mic cable that is stable with energy, you'll hear my voice, it's my choice to be heavenly. By no means, don't consider me an angel. When I was young, it dumps to come many angles, tangled in the webs we weave, till we get strangled in the life we lead. I took some hits, had my ups and downs, felt higher than the stars, only to come back to I bust the trust in the 360 Felt the circle of life when night it hit me Believing and perceiving everything that is with me All is one, all is something to get me Through my transition of life Every event I vent Lyrically on the mic Perception Directions of our focus Not knowing if what is showing is straight up focus Perception Yours different from mine Not knowing what is showing could be making us blind Perception Reflections of our past to live in the now is the moment to grasp. I suggest only in death, every question will be answered when we have nothing left. Nation divided, patiently hiding, contemplating the sensations we're coming. 
memorizing, synchronizing the rhyming, exercising our rights to optimize our findings. There is no menu, so continue the climbing. The final venue is within you, brand new, shining, 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 keep it shining. And big up to my boy, DJ Say What. a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Mark J. Ortiz from Santa Fe, New Mexico. My artist name is Circumference360. Uh, I am a 42-year-old musician, producer, poet, artist who's been dwelling here in New Mexico my whole life. Doing music is part of my identity. I've uh, been doing it since I was three years old. I even have photos of that. My grandparents were musicians here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They were uh, northern New Mexican musicians. They played uh, traditional northern New Mexico music, which is rancheros and cumbias. And so I was always around when the music was playing, and they had their practices, and I sat there, and I absorbed all of that energy, you could say, and wanted to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, as time went on and I got older... I learned several instruments. Uh, couldn't read music, so I learned by ear. Everything I picked up, I just learned on my own. Um, I was first in a band called Yerba Buena, who Tobias Rene, who's pretty big in the Tex-Mex scene right now, he's oh, yeah. got a career. He was he's on billboards and stuff. He was the leader of the band, and this is when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And uh, at this current time, I was into hip-hop at that time as well. It started coming into my life. But this was an opportunity for me to be in a live band. And it also gave me the opportunity to explore uh, all my interests as far as instruments. So at the end of practice, I was a rhythm guitarist. So at the end of the practice and everyone kind of like left, I would stick around and i jump on the drum kit. And then I jump on the bass, and then I jump on the keys. So, because I didn't have the resources to be able to do that in my house, of course, I didn't have all of these instruments. And what I learned was that they're all the same in my thinking and the way that I learned how to play them. And that helped me in the growth of being a musician is just hitting all the different instruments and being able to play them pretty proficiently. Um, so this was about '88, and going into high school, that's when you know, of course, hip hop really made a huge impact on me and it was a very small scene here in Santa Fe. Uh, you can't say that it was really big. There was a group called Swift Hype that was probably the only hip-hop group that existed at the time. It was Sean Trujillo, uh, Zeke Olguin, uh, Rubel Tafoya, or I don't know if his last name was Tafoya, but he was... Uh, these guys, used they had their own little hip-hop scene uh, out at Wolf Cannon Brewery or Santa Fe Brewing Company out there used to be called Las Quinellas. And that was a club, all-ages club they had where they played, they had DJs. And they'd have three DJs, and then they'd have Swift Hype would come on, and they'd do their, their whole set. And we'd go over there, and you had dance routines. You'd dress like your homie, and you would you'd practice all week. And then Friday night, you go out there, and you battle other crews. 
and have dance competitions. And I think I remember watching them perform, then I was intrigued because at the time I wasn't singing, I wasn't doing anything like that. It was more instrumental. The the hip hop MCs when I saw them perform really inspired me watching them do what they did. And, and I'm thinking I should start writing and that's exactly what I did. And also the turntablism got into it. So by this time I got guitar, bass, keyboards, drums, and now I added turntables into the mix and writing lyrics. And uh, a buddy of mine, his name's David Tafoya. He's still living in the same spot. We, we made our own tape and we were called the R and B boys. And, uh, it's kind of funny because when we made the cover, I cut out uh, from a, a hip-hop magazine. I don't remember what the magazine was, but remember the S1Ws from Public Enemy? <laughs> the you know, the little the soldiers? Oh, yeah, yeah, I cut out two of those guys, and I put them on the cover, so it was like two black dudes. <laughs> so we made it look like a real hip-hop album. Cause, I don't know. It was funny. And, you know, I drew the whole logo and everything, and we were the R&B boys. But anyway, I... I didn't rap at the time, but I wrote the lyrics. I ghost wrote for this dude, David Tafoya, and we'd find instrumentals. We'd use our, uh, Eric Beer and Rockham or anything we could find instrumental-wise, and I would write the lyrics, and then he would rap them. And, you know, we had, like, a little mixtape. There was, like, three songs on it, and we just That's had one right. tape, and we'd show it off to friends, like, yeah, check this out, and we'd put it on and, like, you know, trip people out because at the time it wasn't something that was reachable that, you know, you kind of saw it. From a distance, uh, watching Breakin', that movie Breakin' really inspired us as well. And that, it just gave you a bird's eye view of what was going on in New York. And uh, Well, yeah, at that point, I mean, hip-hop was, we're talking about early, mid-90s at this point. This is still, I'm like in 89, oh, 88, wow. 89, yeah. And so, yeah, it was hip-hop still, hasn't even really blown up the way it, it did a little bit later. Yep, absolutely. It was still, so it here like it was sound that was just hitting mainstream radio yeah and not even that i mean you couldn't it was hard to find any tapes houdini was around at that time here in new mexico it wasn't really until like i said the the videos uh movies like break in and street beat stuff like that where you see the culture and then in turn las quinellas you had other older guys already getting involved and starting hip-hop on their own back to the swift hype um idea and by the time i got into high school um, I went by the name DJ Mark Yo. I had my own ghetto setup for turntables. I had like a, a JVC turntable and a Techniques SL900, and they, they both waddled like a duck. You'd have to put quarters on the needle in order to play the wax. And at this time, I was buying from West Coast Sound. That was a, sh- a store here in Santa Fe. I was buying wax from there. They had, you know, a couple of names you could remember as far as like we had Public Enemy and... All these other groups coming out and picking up different wax, and I would DJ parties in high school. So right off the bat, I started getting a name just being a DJ. So DJ Marky Yo was was my my call name throughout high school. Um, still dabbling in writing and rapping, but I still hadn't like gotten to the stage. You know, I was still really into it, but uh, you know, never really hit the stage. It was all about house parties, and I think maybe sometimes I had my mic and I would like do a little something on the mic as I did parties and stuff, but nothing major, just having fun with it, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the evolution right there. Um, then that's, that leaves us at about 1993 when I graduated. Um, 
by that time, I had already ran into a few people that were still, they were writing lyrics. They wanted me to be their DJ. So now there's people asking me, hey, you want to be my DJ? This is my music. This is what I want to do. So the day I remember the most when I finally got on stage and rapped in front of a crowd, it was the first annual community day in Santa Fe. Um, I want to say it was 1994, the year after I graduated. Um, we were the headliners, and this was community day, like when it first started, you know, and there was a few people there. It's the unknown. No, this was actually Coco Boom. That was the name of this one. And that's, I was a DJ for this guy, Manuel Sanchez. And uh, he had this crazy hairdo. He kind of looked like Kid in Play with a big eraser hairdo. He had a streak in his hair. You know, he's, he played the part. You know, he had it. So anyway, we had a good crowd. You know, we were the last ones headlining. And I'm in the back. I'm getting ready to drop the tracks. And for some weird reason, my the, the guy, Manuel Sanchez, who was supposed to rap, comes to the DJ booth, looks at me and goes... He had, like, total stage fright for some odd reason. I, I don't know to this day what happened. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, like, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not feeling it? Like, we have a whole crowd. And we had been messing around. Like, on the like I said, on the back burner, I was, mess, I was kind of messing around with rapping. And I wasn't completely ready. But that day, when he said he couldn't do it, it passes me the mic. I drop the track, and I go in front of the stage, and... I just, I felt it, closed my eyes, and I just channeled all this energy, all the raps I could think of. That I did the freestyles and little writings here and there. And long story short, it was, that was the birth of Circumference 360 was that day on the plaza. And I'll always remember that because I, after I was done, the amount of gratitude I got from people were like, that was awesome, man. What, no, 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 what? How long you been doing this? And I'm like, I'm just a DJ. <laughs> I could tell everyone like, I wasn't even supposed to do that, you know. And it, it was it was amazing. And I think that's where I just got that feeling where I was like, I think I can do this, and I want to pursue and take all the elements that I learned up to this point, and you know, run with it and see where it goes. And after that, needless to say, the group split. He was kind of mad at the whole fact that I kind of took his spotlight, although he handed it to me. So after that, we weren't very good friends. He had wanted nothing to do with me. And at this point, I got an invite to do a battle. It was called Fright Night, uh, where Surrett and Sons is now. Uh-huh. There was a club there. I've heard tales. That place was a trip. And I had never been in a battle circle. And now we had cats from Albuquerque, uh, from Las Vegas, New Mexico, Santa Fe, all these different people. And we had a cypher. And everyone was not really battling, but like showing off their skills. It was like a circle of people. Beat was on. There was no mic. And I remember going over there. And um, at the time, I was friends with Sol Bentley's brother, who's uh, Moda Bentley. And Moda had mentioned to me, he's like, yeah, my little brother, he does music with these guys out in El Dorado. They're called The Unknown. And I was like, word. And he's like, yeah, you should meet my brother. We're going to do, we're going to be at the show, you know, whatnot. It was called Fright Night. I'm pretty sure it was the name of it. It was around Halloween. But anyway, I go in, and I, I met Soul was there, uh, and Dan Bugis, who was Swami Skinny. He's He was the youngest in The Unknown. He was about 13, I want to say. 14. He was a kid. I mean, this dude, we're going in a circle. Everyone's rhyming, and we're like having a good time, whatever. And then this little dude, man, just comes in with this high-pitched voice and just rips everyone to shreds. And I'm looking at him going, who is this guy? Like, tripping out, you know. And, and then by this time, me and Soul started meeting up. And I was like, 
you know, where did you get these skills? Like, this is crazy. You're younger than me, and you're just way better than I've heard anyone. You know, he was, like, the best MC I heard, like, live. And it really, like, tripped me out. And they heard me rap. So, long story short, they pretty much were like, hey, why don't you come out to the to Eldorado? We have a studio, and we have beats, and why don't you lay down a few tracks to see how it sounds? And went out there, and... We did a song, which I have on my SoundCloud. We could probably play that one. Um, it's called Soul of a New Mexican. It never made it to any album that we released. It was kind of like my first introduction to working in a studio and actually being in a production. And the funny thing is, is when I went over there and I, and I heard all their music and I'm listening on the headphones and I'm like grooving. And I'm like, you guys are sick. I'm like, why haven't you released an album? And immediately everyone just started laughing <laughs> and I'm looking around and I have a serious face and I'm like, no, I'm like serious. Why is there this not on being sold? This is amazing stuff. And they like kind of stop laughing and look at each other like we just do this for fun. And I'm like, well, I've done music for a while. I've heard a lot of things. And I, I was like, you guys have something that's really special. And I think truthfully, you should probably try to get some of this produced and, you know, pursue it. So we did one track, and it's called Soul of a New Mexican, which we can show you on the, on this next track coming up. Uh, was the first introduction to The Unknown, and my first real production on being on a track professionally. Nice. And, uh, and it's, it's no one really hears about it. I put it on my SoundCloud so that people can kind of hear it, but it's never been released. So it was uh, 1995 that it was released in the Bugis Garage in El Dorado. 1995, and we got the 2017 <laughs> world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> yep, if you haven't heard it here, you can hear it here now. You know what, man? It's got to be the unknown, man. What is this? I don't give a fuck unless it's unknown. The unknown what is the always in question. Always, 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 What's the question? I got one life to live, so listen here. While I'm going, I'm loud, I swear I'm a boomer, I'm a The only questions now are reality and truth. Believe, well, I'm an execute, and mother nature don't pollute. I make my own religion, and I write the prophecies. The unknown MCs, plus you're young in this You say my soul is weak, but now wait up now. Cause I got more fucking spirit than the oil in Kuwait. Body like a sky, your mom power like a god. So how you gonna disrespect some shit you never saw? I'm creeping through your dreams, this is a reach you have some knowledge. Cause I could give a fuck if you were drunk and alcohol. There's no respect, I never leave my house without my intellect. Big all to the people who select the highest race to dwell. When you be acting like a shit, you just attack a fireplace in hell. With my name, on the heat of flex. Your fat jam, which one is next? When this shit is the market, your record company collects your checks. You might sell drugs, roll up in some red rugs. And maybe you get your prison. Around the time when I was about 13, I remember Love a yellow man until my feet was on my room The bridge was like fuck with my pussy back in the day Dropping acid and recess and then going back into class I'm not giving a fuck about the public education Cause the public education has a daily class A pussy bought some new kitchen and he said Hey, you use it, I said that I use it, I said well Because it's gonna make me rich Think you can do myself, how I can make it in the business I picked up the mic and gave the hip-hop shit a little twist And now I'm still a little shit particles Make the stars sparkle Hype up a whole park full and I spit my heart full Hypnotic, I top it, no doubt about it, I drop it 
poetry propelled by the chronic And you know that you want it No matter narcotics get off in a hella dope You try to spot it with a powerful telescope And I hope you know that I'm planted If my eyes landed like ski slope Lord knows rolls of free smoke When they can choke Out in Mexico, 360, also known as the circumference Rugged like the Montes when I wrote this Ill when I spill, so there's no question And you'll know this you Back to where I live, where I lie, where I lay in the roots of Colorado, up the Mexico Bay, there we lay with so much to say, so much to I say. I let my mind fly high and away, but with no today. Underneath the sun, because I see the sun down with ten from a hill across the way. I watch the sunset. The wind blows my mind in the desert where I stay. Can you relate? First rate, reflected like a lake, following fate to recognize my exiled escape on a tape, straight from the soul of a New Mexico. I'm back to where I live. Unknown and one being a Swami Skinny solo project, which was released in 2000 called Swam Skins. Um, but starting from in 95, when we started doing tracks in the Bugis Garage, we slowly but surely started. They took a lot of their old material and started to build an album. And of course, I I had two tracks on the first album, but when it came to performing live. Um, we definitely made sure that everyone had an equal part of energy involved when we did live shows. And that's when it started getting fun because performing, to me, I mean, I, I love going in the studio and doing the things that you do, but there's nothing like performing and seeing people's reactions. That's when you, you start realizing what kind of effect your music really has. Um, a lot of people probably try to make their careers sitting in their their room and working on the computer and trying to perfect a sound. But I think performing live is where you truly find your essence of 
who you are as an artist. And when you do that more often and you have more interactions with crowds, you're able to go back in the studio and utilize that and take that energy and transform it into something that is, how could you say, more communicative, um, more community. Like you're connecting with people when you perform. So when you're doing your music, you're no longer doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the people around you. And for me, New Mexico has always been uh, a big part of my influence and in what I do in my music. I want it to sound like you're looking at a sunset, you know, going down by the, the petroglyphs and the mesas and the, the pinks and the, and the purples of the hues in the sky, you know, like getting that deep. So when you're, you're creating music, you're creating a visual world. So someone across the planet could hear it and be like, wow, I wonder what these people, how they live and how beautiful their scenery is and their culture. And so that's to me became the most important thing is I also learned how to be a conscious MC which at the time, a lot of the groups that I, I worked with, um, and actually I just, something just popped in my head before, uh, after Coco Boom, I did work with another band. I, I want to make sure that I planted this in because I can't forget these guys. It was uh, David Fierro and Anthony Fierro, and we used to, it was La Conecta. I was also the DJ for that group. Uh, the reason I bring that up is I'm connecting this with the other is, La Conecta was more of a, a gangster sound. Uh, gangster rap was really big at this time. So this is, you know, nine, um, 93 into 94. Um, so the gangster influence from like NWA and all the West Coast groups that were coming out. And long story short, from that point on, when I went to the unknown and I heard their lyrics, it was a completely different view of the world. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't angry. It was more about consciousness and spirituality and ins inspiration. And that's why I'm, I'm really happy that I did connect with them because it changed me not only as a musician and the way I wrote, but the way I felt about how important it was to make an impact and inspire people with music because it's a powerful weapon, a uh, weapon of peace. And so it was a big change from me being a DJ to this gangster group and then started writing with a group of individuals who were just completely interactive with the environment around them and politically, spiritually writing lyrics that were connecting with true topics and problems that were happening in the world at the time, um, which you can go back to, you know, uh, Tribal Tongues, you know, the whole crew of them, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, you know, at this time in New York, they were having that whole uplifting of, of getting their people and their communities and uplifting and no longer degrading and, you know, putting out the negative energy and the, the negative things about gangster rap. They were trying to communicate with a wider audience to bring it in as a community. And I think we did that as the unknown. And I learned to be that a person that I, I could be proud of, I guess I could say, you know, instead of being on the dark side of the coin, which, you know, I don't have any regrets. I did, you know, I've done a lot of crazy stuff in my life. And, but I've also turned the, the coin and turned the page and done really positive things in my life. And like I said, the unknown has a big reason behind that. You know, I started writing and thinking like an individual looking for a positive change. Um, so we had three albums. Like I said, we released. Uh, we opened up for a lot of pretty big artists that blew up later on. Um, 
we did a show at Paramount. I don't know if anyone was familiar with that great little venue. Oh, yeah. We opened up for Ozo Motley there. We nice. O- we opened up for Dice Raw. Uh, we also opened up for Z Trip. We were on a small tour, and we were on a record label uh, called Natural Records out of Colorado. And truthfully, I think we're the only... Back then, we were the only Santa Fe hip-hop group to ever be signed. And it was like a six-month deal, but they took us on tour. We opened up for Z Trip, uh, The Executioners, um, Rest in Peace, Rock Raider. Um, we also, what other shows did we do? The biggest one that we did, in my opinion, and this was at the end. This was like 2000 uh, when The Unknown, we were finally, we were doing really well, and this show was huge. We opened up for Cubert in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, I still remember the day, you know, like meeting Cuber and just being in awe by his 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 whole aura. Like he's like not from this planet. I have to say that. I think he's he's an alien for sure. The guy communicates with aliens with his turntables. When I met him, I'm like, this dude's not from this planet. And it was an awesome show. I mean, it was just amazing to open up for a legend like that. Um, that was probably the biggest show we did as a group. And uh, unfortunately, after that little tour, um, you know, some things weren't working as far as like the personality bonds that we had within the group. And there was a lot of tension. Uh, Dobbin and Dan Bugis owned the studio and they decided they wanted to go another route. And I remember the tour driving back the kind of the, the sad feeling. I remember inside of the van as we were kind of like... You know, they wanted to go another direction, and we weren't going to be a part of it. Um, I remember feeling it. Uh, so after that, you know, we kept in touch. It wasn't like we weren't friends or anything, but as artists, we all went in different directions. Uh, Soul Bentley, his direction was he got under the wing of Joe Ray Sandoval and started DJing. And that was kind of his escape from that. Um, Dobbin, of course, started working with Mumbles. Uh, the producer of Bohemian Language from AC Alone. And him and Mumbles worked together, and they they started making their own instrumental tracks. Um, Dan, Swami Skinny, of course, he, uh, he went on and did kind of like his own stuff. He still had his studio. And me, I was kind of in the middle. I didn't really have any studio. I didn't have the resources, the money to have something to, to record anything. So I was kind of in hiatus you know it was like in the middle um didn't know where to go with it but i was still you know i'd perform any chance i get any parties that we did you know the unknown kind of follows you no matter what so no matter where i went everyone's like bam i remember you from the unknown you know so i tried to be involved as much as i could but during this time it, it was it was difficult for another band member of us was uh, sebastian gordon rest in peace um he didn't have anywhere to go really with the direction of his music and I think it took a toll on him uh, spiritually, and you know he went through a tough time uh, with all of this this transition. Um, I think it wasn't until about 2003. At this time, I was uh, engaged to this beautiful young woman named Janina Castillo, and uh, I had never left New Mexico. My my parents never had the money and the resources to ever go on vacations, anything like that. But with her. She liked to travel, and she gave me the travel bug. <laughs> and one of the, the greatest trips that I took and one of the greatest journeys was our trip to uh, Cancun. 
and we were able to go to Chinsen Itza. And this was a huge turning point for me because I had never been out of the country. It was the first time on an airplane. I mean, I was blown away. Like I went, culture shock, you name it. And uh, this tour guide took us to Chinsen Itza and I got to walk up the Castillo Pyramid and I walked to the temples and something happened to me there, I feel. it, it, Because at the time I was kind of like, not really inspired to do any music. I wasn't really like, I was kind of like, oh, well, oh, well, that was a good run. We put the unknown on the shelf and I'll just continue with life this way. But on the flight home, something came over me and I kind of felt the presence of my grandfather who had just passed a few months prior to us leaving. Um, and I even have a lyric uh, that goes, uh, prior to the journey, Gramps passed away. And on the flight back, I swore I heard him say, Music's in your blood and it's there to stay. Create a music that is bold, mold brains like clay. And the clay will make pots that hold knowledge refillable. An honest residual versus the common criminal. Hate does not exist, there's only love and fear. Sometimes you have to think outside the space above your ear. Something about knowing how small we are. A delicate balance of a planet and star. Trillions of suns spun and woven in circles. Supernovas and nebulas, red, yellow, and purple. Celestial gases that made up the masses. To see that life is complex, you don't need glasses. So what I was saying there was I felt the presence of my grandfather telling me that I needed to create my own music and my own movement, but utilizing everything that I had learned from Tobias Rene playing live instruments to the gangster days with La Conecta, the DJ days, to the unknown learning to be an inspirational MC and throw that all in one. And that's when I looked over at my, my fiance, ex-fiance, and said, I'm gonna make an album. And she kind of looked at me and said, yeah, we have a bunch of good photos. Should we get a good photo album? I said, nope, I'm gonna make a different album. I'm making a musical album. And she was in shock, like, whoa, where did that come from? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, this whole journey has, like, changed me. It was an epiphany, basically. I went there, and something clicked. And that's what I did. When we went back, I, you know, started hustling, doing what I could to get money together to get a studio. Uh, I ended up buying Pro Tools. I bought a drum set. I bought amps, you name it. And I just got all my stuff into one room, started creating every track individually. I do the guitars first. I do the bass um, you know, just basic drum tracks in the back. And I, and I made a whole album, like, in about four months. Nice. It was rushed and put together. It's the Circumference album, which is uh, self-titled. Not very good production mixing-wise, but the, the root raw material that I came up with was some of the best stuff that I ever wrote. And as far as lyrics, I don't think I could ever compete with that that time of my life when I dropped that. So maybe That's we awesome, could go man. to another track from that uh, Circumference album. Yeah, let's play that. Sounds good. What do you want to play? Or which track? If I had my choice, I think my favorite was 360, 360 Degrees. It was my title track, and it was a, a lyric that I had wrote on my own way before I even met The Unknown. So it almost kind of, I took all my old writings, because, you know, I did poetry. So it kind of fit where I was coming from, and it was my self-titled song, and I called it 360 Degrees. <laughs> Thank you. 
time of day it is. I like to say what's up to all the people and adults and kids. Graffiti that my ancestors left. Cave dwellings are steep, so watch your step. Aztec mathematicians in the Mayans were magicians. Sacrificial superstition, intrigued by incision. Blood by your victim, prove the weather system. Speech of the wind is God sent, so they listen. Glisten like the morning dew in the summer grass. Last like the redwood lumber that was born in the past. As my soul transformed, rose the west hemisphere. Absorb and smile, laughter and tears, and it's clear. Lived in a past life, dripping them hash pipes all night. Now I grab the mic device, represent 360. What I got is dope. Roll me up and hit Cause I get the party jumping. Let me tell you something. Speakers be bumping my original flow. Yo, I got a love for this. Let me change the tempo. 360 degrees, no angle transcend. Having no beginning and to have no end. I write my own lyrics, I make my own beats. I rely on my spirit to make my cipher complete. Yo, 360 degrees, no angle transcend. Having no beginning, having no end. Plus lungs expand, pupils cram, don't shut. It's not a lust for the land that creates these cuts. in the outskirts hide from narcotics when times are chaotic pedal mas fumar todo dia no tengo no coca yo quiero sense mía so vamos taking it halfway to the point of no return deep in my cornea i'm warning you the torches burn so learn anger from my ancestors past makes me want to load up them chambers and blast but they get the grip put my clips away for now there's peace soon to release my dark cloud I'm hitting assess Cause the number one killer of minorities is stress Sacrificial altar needs to be stained A tablecloth when I cope Let off my brain, I'm deranged I can interpret myths to petroglyphs Swindled up a split I think it's a gift Aw oh, shit, your mind's is fixed to the mix You caught in my head Instead, no prefix Absorb my sound When I grab the crowd's attention I drink in the calm beers Puffing the blunt for the session Give me a second Induce my dope, take a token Cables, plug my cables for the vocalist. Got love for this music. My heart pumps at hip hop. Been doing it since eighth grade. Since then, it's been non stop. Quit the house party scene back in 94. So I can let my talent expand some more and let it grow like fat sativa plants. But the groups I was with didn't let me see the chance to represent. Was it haste or hesitation? I'm tired of waiting. My style has no patience. I coincide with beats like White Walls and 13 inch Dayton's. 60 degrees, no angle transcend. Having no beginning and to have no end. Plus lungs expand, people cram, don't shut. It's not a lust for the land that creates these cuts. It's a 360 degrees, no angle transcend. Uh-uh. Having no beginning and having no end. That's the way it is, my friend. So yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite tracks and pretty much the first song I ever wrote. 
uh, even the guitar parts, the bass, everything you're hearing there, the drums, everything I did on my own. And uh, so that journey started it. And, you know, from that point, I think I kind of got lost track of where I was trying to do with my music because on my second album, Resolutionary, although there are some pretty stronger tracks, I learned how to produce better. And I learned, I uh, actually studied under Jay Goodrich um, at the community college. And I was lucky to take a class there to figure out what I was doing wrong and trying to make my sound a little tighter. But Jason in, Goodyear? Yeah, Jason Goodyear. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did I say? Goodrich. Goodrich. <laughs> yeah, Jason Goodyear. Yeah, um, man, he's my teacher, too. He's, he's the audio sensei. Of he Santa is, Fe. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so big up. Um, and I don't know. I hate to say that it got. The, the sound got tighter, but I think the material started losing its luster as far as, like, I was more trying to make music to appease other people. And I think that's where, and not being biased, but that's where every artist kind of loses his way. Um, I really like my second album. There are some really strong tracks on there. It was still good writing. Was this New Mexico Flow? Uh, no, this is no. Resolutionary. Resolution. This, this was okay. 2008. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and by this time, like I said, I thought I was like, okay, I got it tighter now. I can make it sound better. But I forgot the true essence of why I was doing music a little bit. Because if I hear some tracks on there, there is some, uh, there's relatively a part of me that was still on the old album as far as lyrics. And then there was this new kind of artist trying to emerge to impress maybe other people to see if... Because my sales weren't doing too well, I thought maybe if I can sound a little bit more like what's out now, maybe it'll like sell a little better on CD Baby. You know, when you start thinking that, I think you lose course. Um, and some people maybe not. You know, I didn't want to be put in a box. I never did. And the fact that I played six instruments and did my own music, I knew that I was doing something that had never been done. And I should have just stayed with that, but. It's not that I'm not proud of Resolutionary. I just think when you hear that album, you're you kind of you, it sounds better, but the material was not as you know, your first album's always so strong. You're just so excited to be in the booth and you know you're writing like, you know, fire. And you know, I just felt that this album was it was a, a different side of me where I was I was getting a little bit more mature, but also like I said, I kind of lost focus of that raw sound that I had at first. Well, you have to kind of experiment to figure out what your sound is. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to try different things, even for full albums. You know, my yeah. sound has changed insanely over the years. Mm -hmm. I used to play like yeah, it's folk, a growth, acoustic, sure. pop punk, emo in high school. <laughs> I'll listen to like Benzo or Wolfman. They'll be playing me music they were making back in high school, and it. I mean, it sounds different obviously but it's still it's hip-hop they've been doing the same thing for years and they've been crafting and fine-tuning that for so long yeah and so it's yeah, impressive it's to growth. see that it shouldn't i'm not like like negating it like i said i just i know that there was an, a part of me that kind of plus at that time i had already i split up with my ex-fiance and uh i had like two tracks on this second album that really dug into that emotional part of my life where i was having to deal with loss and, you know, being that she's the one that inspired me and sent me over here and we traveled and I ended up doing all this music, she was no longer on my, no longer part of me and my life. You know, things happened, we split up. So there's also like a darker side on this Resolutionary album where I have a song called uh, uh, Lost in a Dream where 
you know, it basically taught it, it deals with loss and how everyone, you know, deals with it in different ways. And that it's no matter how big or small the loss is, it's still change is a very difficult thing for any human to deal with. Um, so that track really hit me. Uh, I think that song, when every time I hear it, I still I get a lot of emotions built inside. I can feel it like it was yesterday. It's the only song on that album that really like taps into the kind of the place that I was. You know, I was, you know, you're with someone for five and a half, six years. You're planning to get married. It doesn't work. Some of the greatest music is coming from that place where, you know, a heart is shattered and picking up the pieces and putting it back together and, you know, creating your life again and starting over basically is where I was. I feel so, like we have to play this song now. Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> and this one also has featured Chantel Catneck. Um, she was an up and coming artist who I had met, and we found out later we we're like third or fourth cousins. It's crazy. She was related to my grandmother, who sang the traditional northern New Mexican music that I talked about. She was related to that side of the family, and then to meet her and then get her in the studio and helped her, you know, uh, she's a really good singer. She does the hook on this song. And it was crazy how we met up, and this was after I broke up with my ex and did this song, and it's called Lost in a Dream. Ravel my sound in battle the crown to make a debt in the globe. I'll continue to miss 
sent to my soul paths connect last respect no cash checks cause money's not an issue complete retreat sidewalk the street we were meant to meet you're the one and i'm now at this time uh, I want I was performing shows under the band name Rubik Zoo and what that was was basically taking my material handing it over to musicians and letting them put their own personality and their own thumbprint on what I created basically remixing all my material so we could play live and uh, we played a lot of pretty big shows I like to think we you know, it was a brand new sound. I know when we came into places, no one knew what to expect. I had a percussionist, which was Dave Martinez. Uh, Boone Hammond was my lead guitarist. Toby Botlion was the drummer. And, of course, I had my turntables, my electric guitar, and my mic. And we come into shows and people look at us like, what the hell is that setup? Like, what's going on? And we just, you know, I knew in my mind. I called it from the beginning. I called it uh, organic uh, Southwest organic hip hop, which later transformed into New Mexico flow because organic was like everyone was using organic. I'm like, no, it's called New Mexico flow. It's a unique sound, you know, built and grown here in 
the high desert plateaus and you know Rubik's Zoo we made some waves uh, I think probably the biggest show we did was when we did the the music fest out at the Downs the three day music fest we played on the local stage that was that's pretty like, big that's so cool man I missed that I'm really pissed that I missed that yeah I, I never had, did it again yeah no they I had like Wu-Tang up there yeah it was big they had oh, Wu-Tang Parliament jeez uh, Kali Buds it was crazy it was insane, but yeah, to be a part of that and even have like the shirts, I have the old concert shirts with our name on it. So it has all these bands and there's Rubik's Zoo in there. Um, and so during this time, I, I met up with a couple of other cats from back in the day that we worked with with The Unknown. It was The Creation Band. So while we were The Unknown, there was a band called The Creation Band and they were a reggae group. And uh, they did, they got signed, you know, they did tours. And they came out of Santa Fe as well. But some of the key members, uh, Alan Bateman, uh, Albert Zelma, who's in my group right now, uh, I added these guys into my mix to kind of enrich the sound more. And we also started working with Mr. Collie, who for the longest time had been doing dancehall reggae and had his own little following as it was. And I kind of put Rubik's Zoo on the shelf. And we decided to go another direction and start using material from Albert Zelma. Uh, Alan Bateman was on bass, and he had songs, Mr. Collie and myself, and that's when the Boom Roots was born. Um, during this time, we already had uh, New Mexico Flow I dropped as my third solo album, and after that, I haven't dropped any albums since because the Boom Roots have kind of taken over all of my my creative energy and drive. Uh, we've done we've been around for seven years. About ten, uh, 2010 is when we kind of took flight, and, I mean, we've opened up for... Israel Vibrations, we've opened up for Steel Pulse, Tribal Seeds, uh, we've done tours, we released our our self-titled EP, actually Ceremony Sessions in 2013, uh, that's on iTunes as well, and yeah man, that's the whole growth from where I came from, I started working with people and, and opening up the doors to allowing other people to put their influences on my material plus me just sitting back sometimes and just playing the instruments and watching my other uh members like albert shine he gets on stage he does his thing he sings really well you know and it's we've gotten to that point now so we have all these different facets within the band um currently right now we're john simmons is our new bass player alan bateman no longer is in the group uh albert zelma keyboards and vocals Bob Witzenhausen, he's our drummer, and Rama Kim, who's been in California right now. Uh, I've kind of taken over lead guitar, rhythm, and rap now, so I'm currently getting better as a guitarist because of his absence uh, for now, and we're still rocking shows, and we're doing well, and we've added Soul Bentley to the mix now, so it came full circle. Now we got an unknown member back into the Boom Roots, which the Boom Roots was coined phrase by Sebastian Gordon, rest in power. He's the one that coined the phrase back in the unknown days, Boom Roots, the boom of hip-hop and the roots of reggae. And that's where we we got the name and we were like, let's just take this idea of what we want to do with Boom Roots and see what happens. And now here we are having this conversation. It's beautiful, man. It's a great tale. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, a wonderful tale. That's why I wanted you on here, man. Well, for many reasons, but I knew you Thank had you, a man. great story it's, to tell. It's crazy to think. So like, cool. I haven't sat down and talked about it like I have just now in one, you know, 
they don't, I don't like to talk about myself very often, you know. I let the music speak for itself. So, you know, when we do shows, it's like, you know, this is this is a great opportunity for me to, like, really realize everything that I've done actually come out of my own mouth and be like, wow, I've really... <laughs> it's been quite a journey, and I'm still at it. You know, I'm 42 years old now. I'm probably the oldest MC in Santa Fe. I know Parrish is slightly older than me, um, but I don't know if he's rapping still. I don't know. I've, I think he's been rapping. You know, I saw him rap. It was about a year ago I saw him rap. Nice. Well, at Warehouse still at 21. It. And see, I'm you know I'm playing shows constantly, and I'm thinking You're on I'm like it, man. one of the oldest like cats still doing that you know from my youth and it's crazy still feeling it right i'm married to music you know i have no kids i have no wife you know everything has been revolving around what i do musically and that's become my life so i i feel that this is my my priority as far as who i am it's my identity and my purpose because when i'm on stage that's the best feeling that i get in my life right now and that's i want to stay there as long as and as long as we're still making people dance and people still want to book us then we're doing fine and until that day comes then i'll have to evolve in another way as an artist and see where that direction goes which it's up to the universe at that point awesome man well let's play one more song you know let's play something off new Fex- new mexico new- okay new fleximo yeah hmm i don't know which one would be my favorite on that you know which one i like is alive uh, I'm featuring uh, Kazuno on that. Big up to Kazuno, another native Santa Fe cat, been rapping for ages. And uh, Sphinx22 and his girlfriend, Shannon Walker, she did the hook on this song. And uh, this song actually did really well on my iTunes downloads. Um, it's really cool little Latin guitar riff that comes in, and it's pretty dope. Let's go to that one. Nice. This is a live. Always do what I should, living nicely, equal. My family's good people. Destroyers of ego from a tribe that cleans evil. But back to the subject of our life at hand. I got knowledge more powerful to help you understand. What's a grand to a rich man, a quarter to a bum? A plant with no water trying to grow without the sun. When you're done killing one another, let the kingdom come. You see, we're all the same when we're cut, the blood runs. Hey, put away the gun, bring your conscience over drums. Get together in the moment, lies the treasure full of funds. Break free from the greed, watch what comes out of tongues. We'll celebrate forever with some drinks all as one. And all the people in the back, if you're feeling the track, put your hands where I can see and repeat after me. You say, damn, it feels good to be alive. And all the people up front, you know what I want. Put your hands where I can see and repeat after me. You say, damn, it feels good to be alive. Well, we're moving on the train of life. Time passes by with the movement with this pen and pad. These words, spots, ideas, and tracks that I leave for my seat for. Now the almighty dollar has a written a corporate choke Just to make that fast buck Throw this music on the floor 
gonna just to pimp it out Like when they get a grip of cats that suck Not knowing when the real is Knocking at your door Has me throwing Molotov cocktails Burning down eagles Leaving revolutionary music for our time So the rebel you can play it back Figure it out Instead of wasting the time Getting caught up Doing some time Instead of expressing their minds Bust with no end, trust gets crushed through the lust of a friend Billions of years, man, it must have began The blush of a girl from the rush of a jam To the most high, you know I'm accredited Organic hip-hop, guess who invented it? Underground is raw, so no need to edit it Nothing less than Southwest representative I'm a steel toe boot when I'm spitting the truth Spoken word of the struggle when I'm up in the booth In pursuit of the real when I shoot to kill Subject matter much fatter than loot in wheels, I cook the meal, steal all the groceries, fire through the wire, feel the flames when you're close to me. Religiously hold the mic just like a rosary. Hip hop is on the clock, so watch when you approach. And all the people in the back, if you feel the track, put your hands like a sea and repeat after me. You say, Damn, it feels good to be alive. And all the people up front, you know what I want. Put your hands like a sea and repeat after me. You say, Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my Boom Roots crew, everyone past and present. You know who you are. I can go down the names, but um, I wanted to thank you for bringing me out here, Zach. Um, yeah, yeah, this man. is a great opportunity for this to be foreverly, forever enshrined into the digital world and never can be taken away. Once it's out there, you know, I have, you know, like a little bit of a tale, the tale to tell. Well, we're going to close out with one more track, Boom Roots. Um, this Dubs For You was originally on my first album. It's a lot slower. Same lyrics and everything, but this was the Boom Roots version, so it's kind of crazy. This is from 2006 written, 2013 remix by Boom Roots. This one called This Dubs For You. This is for the people knee deep in the struggle. Third world conditions and you live in the rubble. Well, this Dubs For You. Well, this does for you. Single mom and dad, mother Nancy, correctly in these rough times indeed. Well, this does for you. Well, this does for you. This 
dubs for you. I'm superb, now the daily word rapper, tackling tracks like I'm Brian or Lacker. Pronoun, metaphor, even the verb tracker. To all the boys and girls and curb stackers. I'm the beat breaker, guitar, strings, I strum. Bass lines intertwine when I combine with the drum. Double scratch in the back so you know where I'm from. Paragraphs that attract all that live in the sun. I just begun when I flow a flood Game thick like blood that is mixed with mud From the land of love I'm from the ashes From the dirt and the dust and the ashes Stay sharp in my art Cause it cuts your heart like a cactus No apparatus, no practice at this My love for music, how did it happen? Back in the day, writing rhymes on napkins Hanging with my crew down by the trash bin Trying not to be another has-been Street knowledge is a fraction Cause everyone's got to learn both sides of the coin But that doesn't even mean for you to go look for a gang to join Rather play your cards right Educate yourself Meditate your space Levitate your wealth Just play your cards right Educate yourself Meditate your space Levitate your wealth This is what the people need deep in the struggle Third world conditions and you live in the rubble Well, this does for you. Well, this does for you. Single mom and dad, well, then they see correctly in these rough times indeed. Well, this does for you. Well, this does for you. Kids in the street rolling low riders, euros, trucks, and jeeps. Well, this does for you. Well, this does for you. To the DJ, got to, got to give me some love. Slap this song when you're up in the club, cause I. Well, this does for you. 
in the club Cause I Well this dub's for you Well this dub's for you You still there? Awesome. Thanks for listening. This is OG Willikers. I'm off on another adventure. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Peace.